Welcome back to Made by Maria. On today's episode, I speak with former NFL center Joe Hawley. Joe played eight seasons in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He now travels all over the United States in a van with his dog, and he has a blog. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about Group A Apparel. Summer's coming up, guys. You're going to need some new swag. You're going to need some new clothes. I got to make sure I'm looking good during the summer months. That's why I trust Group A Apparel, and I turn to them every time. Do yourself a favor and check them out. Group A Apparel. We're not looking for the perfect line. We don't fight for points. We don't waste time. We live to get radical. Check them out on Instagram at Group A Apparel. Three, two, one, let's go! go, go, go. Joe Holly, thank you so much for joining me. Man, I, I've heard a thousand stories about you from Haley. She talks about you all the time. You're just like one of the nicest guys from college and one, you know, one of her favorite people. So it's really awesome to finally meet you face to face. Well, I guess not face to face, but you get the idea. That's pretty fascinating that we are able to see each other's faces, though. What a time to be alive, right? I know, right? Dude, craziness. Dude, you're all over the place. For those who don't know, you have a blog called The Man Van Dog Blog, and you basically travel all over. Is it just the United States, or are you branching out to other countries as well? I traveled the country for a little over a year and a half, but I'm actually thinking about once this whole isolation, quarantine thing's over in the international a little bit more for sure. Yeah. Do you have any countries in mind right now that are kind of on your short list or are you just going to kind of go by feel? I'm definitely going to go to Australia and feel like I've been called to Southeast Asia and I want to backpack for a few months, you know, for around sure, Asia. I love Asian culture. I love Asian food. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. You know, we recently spent some time in New Zealand and it's really interesting to go to certain places that have such a rich culture or history the Maori culture in New Zealand basically encompasses every part of what goes on there. You know, like all the streets are named uh, after Maori, uh, you know, street names and everything like that. They have ceremonies and traditions and rituals and all that stuff that the whole country embraces. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, I think, also in Asian culture and especially Southeast Asia. They have a rich history and it's really fun to just go and explore, you know? Yeah, I heard New Zealand is a great place to like rent a van and go travel the country, kind of like what I'm doing now. Absolutely. Yeah, we we um, we were on the North Island and we went from Auckland to it was Rotorua and I think Wellington. We just kind of went all over the place. Some of the places you'll go, the sites that you'll see, I mean, they're breathtaking. You're like, dude, a picture would not do this justice. You have to be standing right here and see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons I decided to when I retired from football, I decided to travel the country. I had this idea, you know, I was, I was scrolling through Instagram one day when I was still playing and I actually follow like the national park page for the U.S. Yeah. And I was seeing all these beautiful places and I was like, man, do I want to live my life looking at these beautiful places through a screen that's on my phone? Sure. Or do I want to go experience them for myself? And that was like kind of the inspiration to go travel and see these beautiful places that our country has to offer with my own two eyes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I did an episode the other day where I was talking about kind of the importance of travel and it sounds like you had this urge to go out and experience life. Has your expectation of travel changed from what it was before the trip to now? Has your worldview changed at all? Uh, Over time? Absolutely. I mean, I grew up in a pretty sheltered household and my parents have never left the country still to this day. And, you know, the way the media even portrays the world, it's like it portrays it as like a scary place that's really dangerous. And so I always had this fear of like leaving the country. When I was in, I think when I was 24, it was the first time I left the country, I went to Costa Rica. Yeah. There was this fear of this unknown. Like I didn't know what to expect. Like every time I'd go on a vacation, you know, you kind of plan it out, yep. know what to expect when you go to some place in the U.S. But I couldn't figure out like what that was. 
And so when I went to Costa Rica for the first time, it like blew my mind and opened my eyes because I it created this sense of having to be really present in the moment because yeah. there was no way for my mind to predict what was happening. So it brought <laughs> me back into pure presence. And that's the beautiful thing about travel I found out is when you go to new places and you experience new things, you are forced to be hyper aware of your surroundings in the present moment because it's such a new experience, a novel experience. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think travel is such an important part of this existence because it really opens your mind. It exposes you to different cultures and realizing like seeing different people, the way they interact with the world, the way they live, you know, their culture and how different it is from the U.S. And you start realizing like, oh, they are this way because this is where they were born into. This is where they grew up. And then I realized I am the way I am and the way I, what I believe is because that's where I grew up and, you know, my parents and my, you know, religion and all the things that I believe are just stories that I've grown up in. And when you can open your mind to other cultures, you start realizing, okay, I can kind of create my own experience. I don't have to be so rigid with my beliefs and my stories. Absolutely. Man, I couldn't have said it better myself. That was great. <laughs> you know, it's really fascinating. Also, I feel like travel helps to put your life in perspective within the grand scheme of things. You going to different places and experiencing other cultures, in my opinion, makes me feel small, which I think is kind of a good thing. You know, we live in an age where everyone has like a social media account and they have to track how many followers they get. Their whole life is happening in this little, this little device that's, you know, can fit into the palm of your hand. And we kind of forget how small we are and how short our lives are. And so I think it's a really powerful thing to be able to step back and like you said, kind of be present in the moment, but also the stuff that is a problem for me right now within the grand scope, within the grand scheme of things, or even compared to the well-being of the world at large or humanity at large may not be worth stressing out over that much. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's all perspective. And I think you know, when you were just talking, it reminds me of, of how grateful I am to have been born in the U.S. I feel like our culture and our society, so many people have so much to complain about and they feel like their lives are so shitty. And it's like when you go travel and you see how different other places are, how less fortunate they are, but how much more connected and happy sometimes these people are, even though they don't have as much as us. Yeah. It really puts things in perspective. It's like my problems and my day to day, my stresses really what am I really stressing about? Am yeah. I really okay in this moment? And thinking about other people around the world that might not have as much as us really puts things in perspective. And, and for me, it really makes me feel so grateful for where I'm at in my life. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, you played in the NFL for what, is it eight seasons. Is that right? Eight seasons? Eight, eight long years. Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> By the way, that's, that's impressive. Most guys, they only last like one or two years, maybe, you know, and that's, that's even if you can crack the egg and get in there in the first place. Uh, so congratulations on, on a successful career, man. Thank you. Thank you. How has the travel, so this is kind of a two part question. How does the travel that you're doing now differ from the travel that you were doing with the team? And then also, has your perception of the world changed of how you felt about everything while you were playing in the NFL versus kind of you being a free man now and going and doing whatever you want every single day? Yeah. Has that changed your day-to-day -day routine? Yeah, totally. So when we were traveling during football, like I've been to almost every major city before this trip that I ended up road tripping. And how it would work in the NFL is Saturdays, we would do a walkthrough, we'd load up a plane, we would charter over to whatever city we were playing in on the away game. We'd go to the hotel, we'd do meetings, we'd wake up in the morning, play the game, get on the plane right after and leave. So there was never really an element of like exploring these cities, even though I got to go to them and, and was exposed to them. I never really got to explore or experience them in a deep way. Yeah. 
and flying places. I feel like nowadays it's so easy to fly. I mean, it was before this whole quarantine thing, but right, right, yeah. But when you fly places, you're you're going from like one bubble of the city. Like let's say you go to L.A. to New York, you're going from L.A. in this bubble, and you're flying over into New York, and you're just straight from city to city, like that heavy city life energy into another one. Yeah. But when I was driving, it was this beautiful thing I like to call like the space between these cities. And so when I got to drive from like, when I drove up the East Coast, I drove from DC to Baltimore, to New York, to Boston. And as I went, I got to experience like the space between these cities as the metropolitan areas and the suburbs kind of go down and you go into rural areas and then country. And then you go back up into the city and you can see it in the horizon. It's just really beautiful as I traveled pretty much the entire country. I didn't really explore too much in the Pacific Northwest, not yet. Oh, dude, that's where I'm from. You're, you're going to love it there, dude. <laughs> I heard it's absolutely beautiful up there. It really is. But yeah, just experiencing the country and the roads and driving and, yeah, you know, even like this just came to me, right. like connecting with gratitude for roads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can drive from like L.A., let's say L.A. to Vegas in four hours through the desert. For sure. If there was no road. Yeah. I don't like that would take forever. It would take like days to do that. So it's just like what a time to be alive where we're able to, to explore and experience so much of this world and what it has to offer. Yeah, totally, man. And it's funny that you talk about all that. Haley and I were on tour with Marvel Universe Live for like, uh, well, I was on there for three years. She was on there for two. And we toured the US twice, Canada, and then Europe. And kind of like what you're talking about, the parts that I think that we enjoyed the most, we're seeing not just the rural areas, but some of the the natural wonders as opposed to going to each city. Because at a certain point, most cities kind of resemble each other. Like they have a lot of the same things going on. There's a nice area and then there's a low income area and then there's things that people have built and then there's crime, you know? So a lot of the same things pop up, but when you go into some of the more natural areas where you're seeing rivers, waterfalls, mountains, all that stuff, each place has a unique characteristic that is unlike any other place that we've been. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Um, You know, this country is so diversely beautiful like there's so much different things to see and i don't think people give it enough credit or go experience it enough i mean even like the grand canyon like the grand canyon i I went to school in las vegas at unlv and the grand canyon was only a few hours away and i never actually experienced it until about a year ago when i was on the road and i was like you know what i'm gonna finally and i flew over it a bunch and saw it sure but then pulling up to it and standing on the edge of the canyon and just seeing it with your own eyes it's just it makes you definitely feel small yeah, and it makes you just be in awe of the creation that we get to experience and the beauty of it all. Yeah, for sure, man. What's, if you had to kind of put into a sentence or two, what's your mission? What motivates you to go out and do that? Is it something that's internal? Is it something that you're trying to, I don't know, showcase for other people to compel them to go out and experience life? What would you say is your mission? Yeah, when I first started the road trip, I don't think I was fully aware of what I was doing. It was more of like this opportunity to go experience my freedom. And the reason I was, you know, wanted to share it because I knew that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to, you know, take a few months off and go travel the country on a road trip. They have jobs and life and work. And so I felt kind of responsible to share the experience so that people could experience it with me. And as I did that, people started commenting on how inspiring my story was and how much of an inspiration I was. And people were actually sharing stories about how I changed their lives and how they were making shifts. And that really changed my whole perspective. It was like, well, I really have an opportunity and a platform to really help motivate people to make changes in their lives. 
we live out these stories that society has put on us and we think that's the path to happiness and fulfillment Right. when we can really create our own. And there's so much opportunity now that trying to connect with really what we want to do in life. And so my purpose is really to try and, um, you know, share my story, connect with my truth and hopefully inspire others on the way. And, and currently I'm actually working on through my process of leaving football, I've realized that transitioning out of sport, yeah. especially when it's something you do your entire life, is, is actually a difficult process, uh, very similar to the military, I'm sure. For sure. And so I'm working on creating an online community for professional male athletes to help connect and coach them in the transition process. So I'm hoping that I'm working on it. Hopefully in the next few months it'll come together, but I'm working on the website and trying to get that up and running. Dude, that's fantastic. And yeah, it's so interesting too especially in sports like I would say the NFL, NBA, maybe baseball too, where it's like a lot of careers are over by 27, you know, like something like that. And, and so you have these guys that go in there and they devote all of their time and all of their effort and all of their ambition is geared towards becoming the best in the world at this physical activity. Yeah. Then they get done with that and they're like, dude, I have no skills to fall back on or something. Does that make sense? And so I it, I think it'd be really beneficial to have someone like you who's been through it. You played for a very long time mm. and then now you're going out and finding this new purpose in life. I think that's something that more people struggle with than is obvious. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I don't even think it's just athletes. It's, it's a lot of people that come to a point, even, you know, maybe they lose their job or their career comes to an end or they not really satisfied with where they're at and they just lost and they don't have purpose. And, you know, this, this huge transition going from sports when you're so, like you said, so singularly focused on achieving a childhood dream. Yeah. And you put all your energy into it. And it's, it's almost like, you know, a lot of people say, you know, make sure you have a backup plan, make sure you have a backup plan. But in my experience actually going through it, if I had a backup plan, I probably would have taken it because make it at that high level is such a difficult thing to do. And there's so much stress and anxiety and pressure and performance. And you have to just be at your top all the time. Yeah. That if you're not singularly focused on achieving that goal, then it's not going to happen. And so it's like this thing that when it's over, you're kind of left you know, isolated alone. Sports is a really team thing where you're in a locker room around all your buddies all the time. And when it's over, you're kind of by yourself. And yeah, that's one of the reasons I want to create this community so guys can support each other and help each other find their purpose outside of football. Because it is like you're so young, you have so much life to live and you have the skills. Right. Maybe not the technical skills of another job or the experience. That's something that you can work towards. But you do have the intangible skills, what I've learned is a lot of people don't have. And if you can achieve greatness in athletics at the highest level, then you can be successful doing anything you put your mind to. So funny that you mentioned that Haley and I talk about that all the time about the number one indicator. If someone is going to be fit for a task or a job or this and that, and we always talk about, did they play sports? Especially did they play team sports? Because if they played team sports, not only did they have to learn the physical things and you know, if you're playing at a high level at any sport, you're having to face failure and overcome that and kind of taking a look in the mirror and be like, what are my weaknesses? How can I get better? All that stuff, right? Which is humbling in and of itself. But if you're playing on a team sport, you also have this responsibility to a larger group of people. Mm -hmm. And I find that, like you said, those intangibles, those things that are developed at that level, they can carry on to anything. If you can learn how to do that stuff, you can learn how to be a leader in any fashion, I think. Yeah, every single player in the NFL has a story of at one point in their career, in their life, they had to overcome some sort of adversity, some sort of self-limiting belief, some sort of doubt, someone telling them they're not good enough or they're not gonna make it. 
and they had to look in the mirror and they had to question, okay, am I capable? Can I do this? And they had to push themselves past that barrier, past that limit. Yeah. Those are the guys that make it to the NFL because there's plenty of really good athletes, but it's the guys that are mentally tough enough, mentally strong enough and believe in themselves wholeheartedly that they can make it. Those are the ones that push through and make it. Do you have a story like that? Yeah, totally. I mean, my career is... Let's is, hear it, bro. <laughs> uh, we don't have this 20-minute talk. I don't have time. But I am writing a book, and I talk about all of my kind of ups and downs. Perfect segue, Joe. Oh, my God. That was yeah. perfect. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a really up and down career, man. Like, I lost my starting job five separate times, and I worked my way back up every time. Jesus. Got a new contract my fifth year, fourth game into it. Finally became a starter. I blew my knee out. Had to recover from right. that. When I recovered from that, I got cut, ended up going to Tampa, ended up getting a starting job there, ended up losing that again my last year. So just just so many stories of ups and downs and just the sure, NFL yeah. you know, a lot of us hear about the guys on ESPN, like the top rated players, like the top 10% of the league and the highest paid guys. And those are the guys that are always on the news. Yeah. The majority, like 80% of the guys are guys that are struggling to stay in constantly. And, you know, you said in the beginning of the show, like I played eight years and while I was in it, I was grinding every year to keep making it and keep trying to play. It wasn't until I was actually done now looking back on it. And I can really say like, I'm so proud of myself for how far I made. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, man. And also too, like you mentioned, we hear about, you know, the top 1% of the NFL or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, those guys would not be able to be doing whatever it is that they're doing without the support of the offensive defensive line, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or the kickers or, you know, the long snapper and stuff like that. So it, it's a lot of, there's a foundation that also gets overlooked, I think as well. Uh, do you have a name for the book? Is there a release date or are you just in process of writing it right now? I'm in this writing sprint right now. I hired a writing coach that's been really powerful. That's helped me get through this process. And, awesome. And I'm in this 30 day writing sprint where I have to write 50,000 words in 30 days. And I'm about, I'm almost 40,000 words in. So it's starting to come together, but it hasn't taken shape yet. That's good. The title is going to be called Finding Freedom, A Journey Back to Self. Do you have a tentative release like yeah. area, maybe like sometime next year? Or I would say within six months. Awesome. Five or six months, it should be ready to go where you can order it. And if people want to follow my newsletter or my Instagram, they can kind of connect with it. I'm going to be sending out excerpts from the book as I write it. Awesome. Uh, where can they go to connect with you? Uh, Instagram is probably the best social. That's the one I'm most active on. It's at joe.holly, H-A-W-L-E-Y. And then the link in my bio connects you to my newsletter. Sign up for that for special content. And uh, when the release date comes out, we'll go ahead and plug it here and everything like that too. But uh, it, brother. hey, d thank you so much for the time, man. I, I really appreciate meeting you and having the conversation. So thank you for taking time out of quarantine. Absolutely, man. Let's do it again soon. For sure. All right. So for Joe Holly, I'm Josh Maria reminding you to work hard and treat people well. See ya.